0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. All right, my friends, my friends, for those of you I haven't got to meet this weekend, my name is Father Pat Schultz. I'm a priest from Cleveland. Say your name on the count of three: one, two, three. Your name is also special. Oh, man. That's amazing. It's so weird. You're right here. I'm right here. Do you want to do the homily? Dude, I bet you could. Maybe this is your calling right now. This is where the Lord's calling you. This could be it right now. This is it. Let's go. Right there. And that's when he knew he was going to be a priest. Okay. Friends, we've had an awesome weekend here uh, at Damascus for our confirmation retreat, and uh, it comes to an end today. It comes to a close. It comes to a close. And um, it's been a full week. It's hard to believe. It, it wasn't even three. It's not been even three full days, and yet so much has been packed into it. We've heard amazing preaching. We've had amazing worship. We've had amazing time just opening our hearts to the Lord. We've heard this call to the abundant life, that that's the promise that comes to us from Jesus, that Like, that's the invitation, right? If there's anything that this place is proclaiming over and over and over again is that Jesus is the one who brings us the abundant life. Amen? Amen. Jesus is the one who, when he goes fishing, he catches so much fish that he sinks boats. When Jesus makes wine, he makes so much wine that there's 180 gallons of it, and it's the best wine anyone's ever had. When Jesus makes bread, there's, he feeds 15,000 people, and there's wicker baskets full left over. Like, Jesus is not the god of crumbs he's not the god of drips he's not the god of meager portions he's the god of like like golden corral like on steroids like right? that's like he's just like as much as you want right and the butter's always soft right that's some of you are like i don't know what that means right us us buffet lovers we know what that means all right he's the god of abundance right we've heard this invitation to the abundant life and we've heard the invitation to conversion to have our lives changed and transformed to let go of the chains, and we've heard the invitation to, to live the I do today. Liam's awesome preaching this morning. That Jesus is calling us into an amazing mission, an amazing mission. It's been a full week, full weekend, and it's been really fun too, right? I mean, come on, how about fun? How fun has it been? It's been really good. Maybe I'm the only one who's had fun. Maybe not. I got shot in archery tag. That was fun. Um... I mean, like, despite the weather, it's been a blast, right? Because Jesus and fun, they do go together. Because, again, it's the God of abundant life. He's the God of abundant life. And now you get to go home. You get to go home. You got warm showers waiting for you. Your soft bed is waiting for you. Your dog is waiting for you. Moms and dads, very smelly kids are waiting for you to go back to your cars. I hope you got air fresheners in your cars. It smells very different in the back than it is when you come forward. I'm just going to say that. But I love it, right? The shepherd's supposed to smell like the sheep. You guys smell good. Okay. That's right, that's right. And I can't think of a better gospel for us to conclude this retreat with than the one that we just heard, that Jesus boils it down with the great commandment. You've got this scholar of the law who's asking him, teacher, of all the commandments, which is the greatest? Which one is the most important? Now, you have to remember, up to this point in Jewish culture, in, Jewish, in the Jewish world at the time of Jesus, there's over 613 different laws. And the scholars, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were different interpreters of the law, right? So it was their job to try and help people apply the law practically. And this was a common mental exercise. Boil it down for us. What's the most important? And Jesus gives this response. He gives this response. And, and let's just be honest. Is there not a part of us that kind of wishes that he would, say, that he would have said, right, like, like, the most important commandment, or the most important thing is, like, just don't kill people. Like, like just don't, don't be a murderer. Like, the most important thing is just don't murder. Or what if he said, like, the most important commandment is, keep holy the Sabbath, get your butt to church on Sunday. Like, because if, if he said something like that, It'd be easy to, to follow through on. If he said something like that, it'd be an easy checkbox bo- check to fulfill. If he said something like that, then the ability to accomplish it, to do it perfectly, it would all be in our control. Like, just don't murder people. You're doing it all right now, I think, right? <laughs> Someone's like, <"Argh!" laughs> like the... If you're doing that, stop, okay? <laughs> Father Jeff will hear your <laughs> confession afterwards. But that's not what he says. That's not what he says. He doesn't boil it down to something really simple. He actually makes it kind of complicated. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest. He says, then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We heard Annie reflect on this yesterday. Right how cool is that that we heard her preach on that and we have the gospel this week. Where's Annie right now? Is she in here? How great is that? Your talk yesterday, the homily or the gospel today. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Like when Jesus says that, Like, in the mindset of the Jews at the time, when he's saying you shall love the Lord your God in all of these ways, what he's basically, what he's effectively saying is you shall love the Lord your God with everything that you are. Heart, soul, mind, strength, all of this. It's it's a a Hebraic way of saying with your whole being. You shall love him with your whole being. I just want to focus on the first part of this because if we get the first part right, the second part naturally flows from it. First thing's first, second thing's second, right? Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let him into everything that is yours. And let's just be honest. Let's just be honest about this, right? Because even though, like, last night we had rocking adoration, we were, like, full-on, hearts open, loving and praising the Lord. And in this morning, so many of us stood up to say, I want to commit to prayer. I want to commit to Mass. I want to commit to mission. Like, even though we're experiencing, yes, I want this, to hear Jesus say, The most important thing is to love me with your whole being. Is there not a part of us that's like, it's just a lot. It just sounds like a lot. It just seems like, it seems as though if I were to do that, my life would somehow be compromised. My life would somehow be diminished. Because there's a lot of things that you have in your life. We've been hearing hearing about it from the stage this weekend in the skits and the dramas. You've got sports, you've got friends, you've got school, you've got family, you've got all of these different things. And then we think, like, okay, God, if you're, if you're claiming all of it, does that mean that everything else goes away? That's what it seems like. But it's not the truth. And one of my great heroes is the late Pope Benedict XVI. He was the Pope before Pope Francis and he was preaching to the crowd at World Youth Day. I think it was 2008. He's preaching to these young people and he's, a- he's addressing this very question. He's addressing this very question. This is what he says. Because in their hearts, they're all asking the same thing that, that we're asking. Like, Doesn't it seem as though if I let God get closer to my life, if I let God into the driver's seat of my life, if I give him more control, more space, more latitude, then my life will be compromised? This is what he says. Listen, are we not perhaps all afraid in some way if we let Christ enter fully into our lives, if we open ourselves totally to him? Are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Answer that question right now. Moms and dads, you're in this too. Answer that question right now in your heart. Are we not perhaps afraid that if we let Christ enter fully into our lives that he might take something away from us? Like you're already stretched in with the time that you have. If you let Jesus become more of a priority, doesn't that mean that there's just going to be less time for all the other things? He doesn't give a 25th hour in the day, right? Isn't that what our hearts say? Are we not perhaps afraid that he's going to take something away from us? I was. When I was a junior and senior in high school, I began hearing this subtle call in my heart to discern priesthood. I remember thinking, like, this is, like, if I say yes to this, he's going to compromise my life. Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that makes life so beautiful? Raise your hand if you want your life to be beautiful. Every single hand should be up. Every single person, every single one of us, one of the deepest desires of our hearts is that by the end of our life, we can look back on our life and say, it's beautiful, I did this well. Every single person longs for a life to be beautiful, not just impactful, but a life that's beautiful. Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that makes life so beautiful? Do we not then risk up ending diminished and deprived of our freedom. Friends, this right here is the original lie all the way back from the beginning. That the enemy has convinced us, he's convinced this part of our hearts that to be in this deep relationship with God creates this life-robbing dependency on him that more God means less of you. That's what the enemy whispers. So the enemy suggests this. Keep God at bay. Let God be kind of like a hobby. Right? Like, this was the advice that my parents gave me when I was in high school. Like, you've got a lot of slices of the pie that's called your life. You've got friends. You've got work. You've got school. You've got family. And yeah, you can have faith. That's fine to have that be a slice, but don't make that the full pie. Is that not what we're all afraid of? So what does the Pope say to this? He says, no! (laughs) Actually, he's German, so he would have said, (laughs) Nein! If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. No, he says, only in this friendship with whom? Say it like you mean it. Only in this friendship with Jesus are the doors of life open wide. Like, again, it's a lie from the enemy. He gets us to believe that, like, keeping Jesus at a distance, keeping Jesus at bay, letting faith be a little hobby that I kind of do here and there, like, that the thing that makes your life interesting is your freedom and your, your will your ability to sin, honestly, is what the enemy suggests. You know who the most boring people in the world are? Sinners. The most fascinating people are the saints. Sin doesn't make you interesting. Sin doesn't make your life beautiful or fascinating. Sin makes your life drab and dull and the same. Sin makes your life look like everybody else's life. It's like the gray of these last few days. What makes your life incredible, what makes your life beautiful, what what magnifies your life is holiness, it's the Holy Spirit. Like, the people who were the most unbelievable, the people who lived the craziest, most fascinating, beautiful, adventurous lives, were the saints. Like, we have in our tradition, we've got St. Joan of Arc, right, the little French warrior girl, right? And we've got Therese of Lisieux. you got this little girl who got a sword, and she went to war with the English, right? Inspired by the Holy Spirit, and you got Therese, the little flower, who's like, I just want to pray for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> what? I mean, it's just baffling that it's, it's this... And we both call them saints. We call them both saints. It's holiness that magnifies your life. It's holiness that magnifies your life. You know where we see this in the Old Testament? Moses, he encounters the bush, right? The bush that's on fire. But there's a weird thing about this bush. It's not being consumed. It's not being destroyed. This is what the Lord does. He lights your life on fire... But he doesn't destroy. He doesn't destroy. He magnifies. He magnifies. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. So then the Pope lands the plane. I'm going to land the plane with this. And so today, with great strength and great conviction, on the basis of long personal experience of life, this is the Pope begging you, Listen to me. Trust me. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I say to you, dear young people, do not be afraid of Christ. Do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away. And he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to Him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. When we give ourselves to Him, we say, You are in the center. You can have my mind, you can have my heart, you can have my will. We receive a hundredfold in return. I promise you, I wasn't planning on saying this, I promise you that last part is true. Just listen here. Especially any young man right now who's thinking, who's discerning, or any young lady who's thinking about discerning a religious vocation. This is 100% true. Like, he really means this. Where are you? Are you listening? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he really means this. He really, he really means this. Moms and dads, listen, if any of your kids like whisper to you, hey, I'm thinking about like, I don't know, discerning priesthood. I'm thinking about discerning religious life. Do not be the reason that they, that they stop thinking about it. You know the number one reason why people don't discern a religious vocation? It's moms and dads. It's moms and dads. if they are beginning to whisper this to you, pray for them. Pray for them. He really means this. That you give him your life, he gives you back a hundredfold. This is what our God does. We give him bread and wine. He says, here's the body and blood of my son. This is what, that's what he does don't be afraid if they're discerning. Don't be afraid to open wide the doors of your heart to Christ. My friends, I'm telling you, like this Jesus that we've been looking at this whole weekend, this Jesus who's going to send the Holy Spirit upon you at your confirmation, this Jesus has plans for you. And there's only, there's only one of you. Only you can say yes. Only you can say yes for yourself. He has said yes to you. His yes is irrevocable. And when we give him our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, our life, we receive a hundredfold in return. Let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Jesus, you are the author of our humanity. You are the cause and the fulfillment, the source of our joy. Jesus, you really mean this, that if we give you everything, you give us even more. That you're not a competitor, you're not a rival. You are the one who wants to set our lives on fire. We ask for your mother to pray for us now, to pray that we would have the courage to open wide the doors of our life. As we pray together, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee.